Carson. And, um, you know, most of you know that, you know, the more kids they've got different allergies of this, that, and the other. And, and um, you know, a lot of times Christians want to say, well, you know, you should be healed and this and that, and you're not. And, and, and this isn't a condemnation thing at all. But I want to, he made a statement to me that really kind of resonated with me. Re, what's this? Not resonate. Resonated is the word I'm looking for. Is that right, Torn? Dorn? I say, I tried to call you Torn. I can't talk today. <laughs> Maybe the Lord's trying to tell me something. He said, you know, he said, we've got a family here, and these kids have got these, these sicknesses, but you know what? We're a church that can get them healed. I mean, is that right or is that not right? Um, yes, yes is the appropriate answer. I mean, because this is a place that you should be able to come, we believe. So um, I, I've, I've talked to some folks. We're going to talk to some folks. But we're going to, um, as a body, we're going to pray for those kids until they're free. And believe, because we believe they've been made free. We believe that they are healed. We're just going to watch it manifest in their life. And I'm going to tell you something. When you are on the front lines and you're fighting for yourself, and, and this isn't just a short, easy little battle. I mean, we're talking about life and death, death things. It's, it's pretty heavy stuff. Sometimes you get weary and you get tired. Well, we're going to fight with you. We're going to carry you for a while until these little gems are just absolutely, completely free of all of it. They can eat what they want, go what they want, do what they want, be where they want, because that's the type of body that we need to be. Amen? And if you don't agree with that, you'll get your mind right. And you'll get it together, and you'll, you'll be with us, because that's where we are, and that's what we are. So I'm not ashamed of that, amen? So I'm just putting that out there. Um, I'm telling you, this coming year, you better look out, because I'm feeling pretty froggy. And I've got to tell you, my boldness has taken a back seat for, for, for quite a season, and there's some reasons for that, but look out. It's coming back. Praise God. It's coming forth. Amen. Kids, come on up here. I'm preaching four sermons already today. How are you, Lulu? Are you good? Well, you know what? All I got to do is look at you and everything in the world is right. That little smile, those little eyes. You know, I don't think she worries about a whole lot, does she? Mama, I want up. Mom, she gets mom. Daddy, I need this. And I know. She's daddy. And it's over. You know, the same thing. But I'll tell you what, we're the same way with our Father in heaven. Daddy, this is what we need. Okay, you got it. Amen. And I've already given it to you. Amen? All right, let's stretch a, step, let's stretch a hand toward these powerhouses of God. Do you know what, kids, that you, uh-oh, aw, praise God, aw, poor little one. All right. You have the power of God in you. Do you know that? Let me come down here and talk to him. That's okay. Mm, it's okay. You okay? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It'll be all right. There you go. I want you guys, you know some, every one of you are powerhouses of God. The Holy Spirit is in you, and you know that you have the authority to tell the devil to get out of here, and he has to go. Do you know that? Amen. 
So I'll tell you what, I want you guys to stretch your hands toward the congregation. Just stretch them out there like that. And say, in the name of Jesus, and say it, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you repeat after me, in the name of Jesus, you will have everything the Bible says that you can have. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. <clears throat> Anybody tired of walking in fear? You're tired of walking in fear? You're tired of walking in anxiety? Tired of being stressed out? Are you? Well, tell you what. You don't have to. You can choose not to. Now, remember I talked last week, this sermon series, this three-week series is called A Day of Decision because we're in a day of decision. And last week, we talked about being transformed, but in order to be transformed, you're going to have to renew your mind from the way you've been thinking, the old ways of thinking, and thinking biblical ways. Listen, it's, it's time to be done having a, a political point of view. You need to have a biblical point of view. You need to see the world not through the political eyes, but through biblical eyes. Because you are not going to convince anyone outside of the power of God of anything today. People have decided what they're going to do. It's amazing to me. If you don't believe that we're in the last hours of the last days, then I don't know what rock you've been living under. Because I'm going to tell you why. The Bible says in the last days what's right will seem wrong and what's wrong will seem right. And if you don't see that happening today, let me tell you it's happening today. Now, I'm not trying to be political, but I'm just using this as an example. They have a meeting out at the White House or Congress or wherever they're having it. Two people come out of the same building, the same meeting. One person says this. One person says that. Somebody's lying. Somebody's telling the truth. But one that's, the one that's lying saying this is absolute truth, the one that's saying, no, this is a lie, this is truth, who are you believing? Who do you even know who to believe? You better renew your mind to the Word of God and trust Him because He's the one that you can trust. Listen, whether you like a president, don't like a president, pray for him. Is he a man? Yes. Is he, does he make mistakes? Yes, he does. Pray for him. But I'm not trusting in him. I'm trusting in the Lord. Because the last I checked, the government's on his shoulders. And so I'm trusting him. But so it's a day of decision. We talked about renewing your mind. And immediately what we like to do is when problem comes, we like to get carnal. And when I say carnal, we like to think carnally. That means we like to do things our way, figure it out our way, or lose, use natural resources to solve the problem. Sometimes we just need to be still. And trust him. Sometimes we do. All right. So, what we need to do is get back to our first love. Now, I'm going to say a few things today, and, and if this doesn't apply to you, ignore it. I believe that a lot of Christians have become lethargic. That word lethargic means sluggish or not sharp. Have you ever, have you, have you been in a point, now listen, I know in the, in the Christ there's seasons, and there's seasons where things might be dry, things might be difficult, and then there's those seasons where you feel like you're on the mountaintop, you got to level all that off and know Christ is the same all the time, yesterday, today, and forever. Good times, bad times, he's the same. It's our emotions that make us go up and down, and up and down, and up and down. Today God is good, today God is bad. Tomorrow he's good, the next day he's bad. 
No, he's good all the time. All right, but we've gotten sluggish. How many can honestly say, do not raise your hands? You're not really where you really would like to be with the Lord. And I'm not talking about, hey, I, I want to grow. No, you've just gotten a little lethargic in some areas. You're not where you really want to be or you think you really should be. And I'm going to say something that most of America does. And, and it's a great example because January 1st is coming and New Year's resolutions are coming. I hate them. They're a joke. It's a lie. The only problem is, is you're lying to yourself. You know? I, okay, I'm going to give you a perfect example. You know? January 1st, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year. I'm determined. And for a week, you starve yourself. That's great. Then the second you find yourself at the bakery buying a dozen donuts and inhaling them all because you're gorging because you've just denied yourself. Now, and again, but I made this resolution. You know what? Why don't you just be still, ask God what he wants you to do, and then go and do it. Now, you may need to do some, but I'm, I'm making fun of New Year's resolutions, but what I'm saying is it's time for you to decide to get back to your first love. You have the choice. You have the choice. Um, so many people in America are waiting for the right time to do something. When is the right time? I'll tell you what. When I got born again, here was my plan before I got born again. Now I knew about, like a lot of people, I knew about God. I knew when he was born, knew when he died, knew who his mom was. Ooh, yeah. I even knew, his, knew his dad's name. Uh-huh. Knew something about this Holy Spirit. I knew about him. I didn't know him. Now, here was my plan. I was waiting for the right time. I was going to get born again. I had a plan to get born again one day at the right time. I was going to do everything that I wanted to do. I was going to find me a good woman. I was going to have me a couple of kids. Then I was going to find me a church to go to. Didn't say I was going to get a relationship with Christ. I was just going to find a church to go to because that was the right thing to do. God had a different plan, and thank God I was smart enough to follow it. And here's kind of the order. I got born again. God brought me a good woman, blessed me with some children, and now I'm attending church because, not because I'm going to church, because I am the church. It's mighty quiet and this charismatic tongue-talking church all of a sudden. I'm hoping you're paying attention. Now listen, this message today is not to condemn anybody. If you're not where you're supposed to be, it's a simple thing. Repent and get back, get on with it. That's it. But I'm trying to encourage you, not only encourage you, exhort you, and also warn you. We are coming into a season where you may not have time to catch up. You better have it right beforehand. What good does it do if you go get stuck in the snowbank, but you don't have a shovel or kitty litter in your car? Like me. I do, and that's because my wife put it there. <laughs> if we were going to Florida and there's going to be a possibility of a snowstorm, the Hesters are prepared because of my wife. See, what happens is, why isn't, why don't Christians act according to the word of God instead of react to what the devil does? We're reactionary. Oh, the devil's under me, God. The devil's after me, God. What do I need to do? Well, gosh, 
If you'd have been in the Word before, you'd have known exactly what to do, and the devil would be running from you. Whoo! I'm feeling froggy today. I told you. I'm getting my, I'm getting my, I'm getting my mojo back. Now the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's all Lord. Now, 2 Corinthians, for he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now, today, now is the acceptable time, or now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What are you waiting for? And I'm not just talking about being born again the first time. What are you waiting for? What's the right time for you to start walking in the things of God the way you know you're supposed to be? What are you waiting on? Well, I'm waiting for, and I'm going to start meddling now. I'm waiting for my boyfriend and or girlfriend to get, get born again, and then I'll do it. You best not be waiting on anybody. You need to be obeying God for you because your boyfriend, girlfriend, Aunt, uncle, cousin, pastor is not going to be there in heaven with you telling God what a great person you were when you're at the judgment seat. You either knew Christ and had a relationship with him or you didn't. And if you don't, do not. Why is it that people, and, and I know why, because of the way some of the gospel has been presented today. Do you honestly think that if you don't know Jesus and have a relationship with him, that you are going to get any of the benefits of the gospel? You are not. I'm sorry. What you haven't submitted to the Lord, I submit to you, the devil has beaten you to death with. What haven't you given to God? What are you hanging on to that's yours? Again, mighty quiet. I know it's Christmas time, the baby Jesus. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16 says, and again, what am I talking about? I'm talking about getting back to our first love. We're distracted by so many things. I look back at this past year. Every year I do this. I reflect on, okay, this past year, what have we done? What do we need to do? And I was very disappointed in myself that there were some things that happened this year that I allowed myself to get distracted in a major, major way. It took time, energy, effort, and it was all distraction. We've got to be careful. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For what are, what are the temple of the living God? For, no, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, I will be their God and they shall be my people. Now listen, in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate. That, when it says therefore, it implies you therefore. That means you get to choose whether you come out from among them or not. Now, what am I saying? Listen, I know every day as a Christian, we walk around people that aren't saved in, in demonic realm and all of that. What I'm saying is, why, as a Christian, are you entangling yourself in things that you don't need to be entangling yourself with? It's causing you trouble, and people will even admit it. Yep, this is causing me trouble. But they will not come out from among it and be separate, but they'll get mad at the preacher for calling it out. Oh, my goodness. I am offended. My gosh in heaven. You know, because you don't want to use God's name in vain, right? Why? And, you know... 
he's just picking on me, or, or pastors just, there's no love. Listen, no, I love you. But let me tell you, here's how it is today. We as Christians should not go out of our way to try to offend people that are in sin and this and that and the other. But you can lovingly, it's like this. If I'm on a ship and somebody falls overboard, I've got this life ring. And I'm thinking, they need to be saved. We, we need to throw them this life ring. But, but, but they're not, but they, they, you know, they were, they're clumsy. That's why they fell over. And they can't swim. Oh gosh, if I throw them this life raft, that's going to let them know that they're not very good swimmers. And they're so clumsy and stupid to fall overboard. And gosh, I don't want them to think they're stupid for falling overboard. And I don't want them to be offended because they can't swim. So maybe I better not throw them this life preserver. I better not throw them this life ring because, gosh, so we're watching them drown. Now, I'm not going out of my way to try to offend you. Hey, you're stupid and you can't swim. That's why I have to throw you this. If you were just not so dumb and you knew how to swim, if you'd have prepared yourself, you're on a boat, dummy, in the water. You know, and if you get it right, then I'll throw you this life raft. No. Hey, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to say this. This is what, you know, when, when I, before I was born again, you know what people did for me? It was like, you know, there's a better way. There's a better way to live. You can be more blessed than what you think you even can be. You think things are good now. Things could be better in your life. More blessed in your life. See, you have to decide to separate yourself. And, and I have talked to people, and nobody in here lately, that they come to me for three months with the same problem, but they haven't separated themselves from the problem. After I said, separate yourself from this. Or do what the Bible says to do. You're thinking awful hard tonight. Today I can see it. It says, don't touch what is unclean and I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. You'll, see, you'll be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 7. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness and flesh of the, spirit, of, of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. How do you cleanse yourself? Through the word of God. Are we all going to be perfect in this? Absolutely not. But some of you are making a conscious decision to ignore what the Word of God says. And I'll tell you what happens. I don't believe for one second anybody that's born again that has the Holy Spirit in them that starts going down the wrong path, the Holy Spirit isn't screaming at them. Red flag, red flag. Wah, wah, danger, Ralph Phillips. Danger, danger. Some of you know what that reference is. Some of you are way too young to know what that one is. Danger, danger. But here's what you do. You ignore it and say, yes, I know it's dangerous, but it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel wanted. It makes me feel like I have a place. Okay? And guess what happens? The longer you do that, the fainter that voice, danger, danger, danger gets. That pretty soon, you don't hear it at all. And then one day you look around and say, how did I get here? By yourself. I'm going to 
a long way around the mountain here to get you back to your first love. And it is a decision thing. See, it says in James chapter 4 and verse 8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. In a relationship with your, with your spouse, you've got to choose to draw near to each other. One thing I've got to tell you, and this is absolutely infallible, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit have not changed and have not gone anywhere. If there is a relationship problem with the relationship between you and Christ, guess who the problem probably lies with? I know it's not me. Right? Absolutely. He hasn't gotten off. See, and again, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but what I am trying to do is shake you to realize that the world is starting to creep into the way you think and the way you think and then your actions and then pretty soon it grieves my heart to no end. And I am not a Facebook guy. Every once in a while, i got to get on there because i got to get a little blurb for school or whatever. But things will pop up. It grieves me to no end when I see people that I know as Christians, at least claim to be, or I know them as Christians, standing and spouting off about anti-biblical, anti-Christian things and being staunch about it. it. It grieves me. I don't understand how this can be you got to get back to your first love. Don't tell me that Jesus is involved with that. One thing I know, Jesus didn't say in Ecclesiastes 4.19, in the middle of the day, thus saith the Lord, I am going to change my mind, and what I have said has been wrong for 2,000 years, I'm now going to make right. And it's okay. It is not okay. It's not okay. We've got to get back to our first love. Fervent. I remember, I remember the Bible study I went to. I got born again on a Saturday morning. It was a Saturday morning. It was a Saturday morning, yep. I was in church on Sunday. They had a Bible study on a Wednesday. She was still in Kenya on Sunday. But she was at the Bible study on that Wednesday. Woo, 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 23 skidoo. I thought this Christian stuff is pretty good. Mm-mm. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. The Lord will provide. And I didn't even know that scripture then. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that story, but it was good. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I know. All right. So, the relationship. And I mean, my heart was just pitter-patting. It was like, I can't do enough. What can I do? Now, we've been married a few years now. You are not allowed to answer this question. You are not allowed. Submit to me now. I'm not so sure that I have this exact same kind of enthusiasm that I did when we 
when I first laid eyes on her. And that's sad, if that's the truth. Now, no, now I've got to say, our, you know, my love for her has grown and, and there's that, but, but that enthusiasm may be not the same. And, of course, what we like to call this, well, we've just matured in the things of the Lord. No, you've gotten stagnant, stale, and lethargic. Let's just be honest. You know, if you want to keep your marriage strong, I suggest that you date your spouse. Date them. Once a week, go out on a date. Every week. And then I suggest once a month, get out of town. Go somewhere. Do something. It doesn't have to be expensive. Go have a cup of coffee. Walk down the street holding hands without the dog. <laughs> or your phone. <laughs> it's even better. That's the one I, I struggle with. Because it's almost like I put the phone on the shelf and I walk out the door and I break out in sweat and I'm looking back like longingly. Oh, my phone. Exactly. 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 So again, we've got to get back to our first love. Now, I want to go to Revelation chapter 2. Ooh, the scary book. Now... Revelation 2, 1 through 7, the scripture verse gives a compliment. The Lord compliments, exposes a problem, and then gives a solution. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Revelation 2, 1, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. They're talking about Jesus here. A lot of symbolism in Revelation, and don't get caught up in that. We're talking about Jesus as saying these things. I know your works, in verse 2. Your labor, your patience, you cannot bear those who are evil. You have, not, you have tested those who say they're apostles and are not. You have found them liars. Basically what he's saying is you're sticking with the truth. You're sticking with the word of God. You're doing the best you can to stick with the word of God. And you have persevered and have had patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Solid church, many doing many great things. Then he says this, nevertheless I have this against you that you have left your first Love. I'm telling you, it is so easy to start getting... There's a lot of reasons that people say, well, how can that possibly happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. You get busy doing things. I've got a list. I'm going to read it to you. You get busy... Okay, busyness, I want you, I'm going to challenge you as a body this, this year, as a body or as an individual, however you want to do it, this year, pray to the Lord and take an inventory of everything that you're doing and ask yourself, why am I doing it and how is it benefiting? Because, you know, a lot of us just do busy stuff just to be doing busy stuff. We get busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And I understand, listen, I understand, life is busy. I get that. But is there something that you can lay down? No, attending church isn't one of them. That's off the list. Okay? But is there other things that you can find in your life that maybe? Do you know, I, I was in Germany for two years in the military. You cannot, it's almost impossible to find a job in Germany that doesn't pay, give you paid vacation every year. If you are a window washer, you get at least one month paid vacation. Most jobs is two months paid vacation a year. They are meticulous, hard workers. 
but they also believe in rest and recreating and having fun and enjoying life. They look at Americans like we are out of our minds. We're stressed out, freaked out, under it. Why? Because, you know, do you know, do you know the, the electric range, this great revolution of the electric range, you know what they were, everybody's excited about? They said, if we get an electric range, we won't have to spend all day in the kitchen. It will shorten our time. They started going to shift work because they went from agricultural to the industrial age, but they went to shift work because then you'd have more time with the family. And do you know it's worked exactly the opposite? We went from the electric range to the microwave, and the microwave's not fast enough. And now we've got computers. And if those computers don't work at the move of light, enter. And it doesn't enter. Enter, 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 enter. It's got to move fast, fast, fast. Everything's got to be fast. Why? The faster it goes, the more we can do. And the more we can do, the more stuff we can do. And just add it, add it, add it, add it, more and more and more, and then, bah, blow up. You know, I mean, I watch the Amish going down the street in their buggies. I'm like, wow. No, I don't want to be an Amishman. I don't want to live that way, no. But I'm like, how can they get in a hurry to go anywhere? I got to be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> Too bad, clippity clop. <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you know that most of the stress and anxiety and everything that can be related to those very things? Too much. And we're getting busy doing so many things other than what we should be doing. Just spending time with the Lord. How many of you can even spend five minutes, I challenge you, spend five minutes, sit down, put on a worship song, sit down for five minutes and meditate on nothing but the Lord? Just five minutes. Oh, that's easy. Oh, you think so? It takes some time to practice because immediately you sit down and you're thinking, oh, I've got to get this done, this done, this done. Oh, yeah, okay, Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Yeah, got to get the laundry done. Oh, I love you, Lord. I've got to get the gutters done. Oh, God, I love you. i got to get out and shovel. Oh. Get back to your first love. It says in verse 5, Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. Do your first works, or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from his place. You repent. Now, don't get too much caught up in the symbolism. I did some studying, and we can go a lot deeper with this whole lampstand thing. I'll remove the lampstand, but one of the things I read that it was, you may still have a church and a body, but you will no longer be lighting up the darkness. We don't want to be that. No. The only way to make sure you're walking in this light is to have your relationship with the light just as strong as you can and have it. So my question is, how are you treating your Savior? How's your relationship with your Savior? Well, I got a relationship with him, you know, back 1943, I said a prayer, got a relationship with Jesus, haven't talked to him in 45 years, but I know about him. Let me see, if I said I do at the altar and never talk to her for another 20 years, how good is our relationship? Probably not so much. So what do we need to do? We need to remember. We need to repent, and then we need to redo. Just get back to it. 
Just get back to it. If you've lost your joy of the Lord, when and, and I'll tell you what, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be honest with you. This coming year, we've got lots of work to do in this house. We've got lots of holes. We need ushers. We need people with you. We need, we need people. But there's also some qualifications that come along with serving Christ. You've got to be born again, number one. You're going to have to be submitted, number two, and that's a dirty, nasty word in the body of Christ nobody likes. And you're going to have to be submitted to who? The pastor of this church. That would be me. Oh, well, I don't even like you. You don't have to submit to me. But don't ask me to say, hey, you know what? I got a message. You're not submitted to me. Your heart's not with me. Your heart's not with us. Sorry. I'm doing a lot of business here today, whether you know it or not. Sis, see, I can tell, and, and this sister here who's been a Christian a long time, because I, I was joking with her earlier, I felt, a, I felt a tremor in the spiritual realm when she comes through the door, because this is a spiritual powerhouse, wisdom. She's got so much wisdom. And knowledge. And, and we're going to have to understand that our relationship with Him is number one. It's got to get there first. That's where everything I know, and you probably know this as well as I do, I know when people's relationship with the Lord is getting a little dusty because their heart to serve starts to change. One of two things happening. They're either, they're not, because I don't know how you meet Christ and have that relationship with him without wanting to serve. I don't know how that's possible. There's just something in you, man. When I got born again, it was like, what can I do? I don't care what it is. It's just, I just got to do something. Or you've gotten offended. And I see a whole lot of that going on today. I don't like what you say. I don't like the way you do it. I don't like the way this is done. This is the way I think you should do it. And if you don't do it the way I want to do it, I'm out of here. Okay. Is that on me? Is that on you? Just a question. Have you lost the joy of the Lord? Have you lost the joy of just simply serving the Lord for no other reason than to just to please Him? It's amazing to me and again, I'm hitting a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm not, again, no condemnation. I'm just talking. But this is real stuff about getting back to your first love. There's a whole lot of things in the church you can't get anybody to do. But by golly, if you pay them. And I'm not against paying. That's not what I'm saying. But what about your heart? Is it because we've gotten out of position with him? The Lord has not moved. If there's any movement taking place, that's on us, folks. And listen, and then repent. The word means to change your mind or purpose or to change your direction. Turn away from the behavior that's keeping you from your first love. But I like it this way. Society says it's okay to be this. It doesn't matter what the church or the Bible says. The rest of the world is saying it is okay to do this, so I'm going to do it. And if you don't accept it, you're a hater. 
Well, let me tell you about that. I don't have to agree with you. That doesn't mean I'm hating you. There's lots of people who don't agree with me. I don't hate them. I don't disagree. I just disagree with them. Big yip. Go do your thing. We'll see what God blesses. That's up to you. And then repeat. Do the first, do the deeds you did at first. Now, when we're talking about, he's saying, do what you did at first, we're not talking about more Christian service or renewed at Christian activity. It's a call back to your first priority, your relationship with him. I submit to you, if we get that right, I truly believe this. If, we, if people really get back to their first love, focusing on him, we won't have to beg anybody to do anything. People will be saying, what can I do? I just want to serve. I don't care what capacity. I don't have to be the teacher. I don't have to be the preacher. I don't have to have the pulpit. I don't have to have a position of authority. I don't have to be in charge of nothing. I just want to serve. When I got born again, I didn't want anything other than I want to be in the house of the Lord and help him because, man, I just felt that's where it was at. Now, for me, my personality, I got to be careful because serving Christ is not synonymous necessarily with a close relationship with him. You can do a whole bunch of stuff for the Lord in his name. It doesn't make you any more righteous or spiritual, folks. All right? And, and the people that are amen and know exactly what I'm talking about because maybe we've, we've all been there. But I, all I know is this, is that we have got to. This is, it is, this is the season. It's a season of decision. It's a day of decision. You need to decide to turn yourself back to your first love. Renew that relationship with Him. Or if refresh it, if that's a better word for you. What are some things? And listen, I know you're going to ask. I, I dare you to ask this. Lord, show me what needs to change. And guess what? He will. Then do it. But you ask him, he tells you, and you say, no, I don't want to do that. I have been there. It took me a long time. There's, there's one particular individual, the Lord said, you need to repent. But Lord, I wasn't wrong. You still need to repent. But Lord, I wasn't wrong. I, I didn't say you were wrong. I was asking you to do this thing. It took me a while to do it. And guess what? My whole, everything in my life revolved around that. I was frustrated. I was this. I was that. All based on, finally I just said, fine. When repentant, done. Finished. Over. Free. But it wasn't my fault. Who cares? I want to be free. That's how I got free. I've got to get it right with him. You don't need it right with me. You need it right with him. Amen? I'm going to have some people up here praying to pray for you. Carol, uh, whoever you got available. Sue is here. and um, I'll be here. Davine can come up. Shrams can come up. If you need prayer for anything, please. I want you to come. We'll pray for whatever. It doesn't matter. If you need, if this has convicted you a little bit, simple. Just repent, get it right. If you need to spend some time at the altar today for the Lord, fine. Or if you need to go home, go in your, wherever you go, get by yourself and say, Lord, we got to do some things differently. Maybe you need to go home with 
your spouse or your loved one or whoever it is and take a, a hard, long look at where are we really at with the Lord? Do we need to make some adjustments? And then do it. I'm not judging you. I'm begging you, please. Why? Why am I so emphatic about that? Because I want you blessed. I want you strong. I want you not to fall away when things get difficult. I want us to be prepared that when it comes, man, we are on fire because people need us to be ready. Because when this comes down, there's not going to be time to fix you. You're going to be fixing 100,000 people. Do you realize that there's a potential of 3,000 families showing up in this city in this next year? Are we prepared as a body to deal with the things that are coming? We're going to be. I'm determined. And that's the way the Lord wants it. So it's a simple thing. Let's get back to our first love. Amen? That includes me. That includes me. So let the Lord speak to you however He needs to speak to you and the Holy Spirit deal with you however He needs to deal with you today. And and not next week, but the week after, I'm going to come and talk about the baby Jesus and I'll be really nice and sweet and we can all leave all cuddly and fuzzy and warm. But I'm hoping that today you understand my heart. I'm not after anybody, but I am done walking around being afraid that I may offend somebody by telling them the truth that will help them. And... And, that, and there's, some, there's, there's some, some things. There's some things that God's dealt with me that I've got to deal with as well. So you're not alone. Amen? I know I've kept you a little bit long today, but this is important stuff. Amen? This altar's open. Go ahead and let's just shut down the lights. We'll play this, the music. If you need to come, please come. we got people that want to pray. You had something? Hold on. After the soup at 6.30. Um, at 6.30, we'd like people to come from 6.30 to 6.45 and intercede for the Pray. service. So it, 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 it's a time. I just really felt like I was sitting there that um, it is a time before to prepare for that service. And I really hope everybody that's here today, I hope you come. Because God wants to do something in you to prepare you for 2020 that night. And part of coming and praying from 6.30 to 6.45, there's, just, there's an importance for that for you as a body for this region, for the whole region, if you could come and you could pray at 6.30 Saturday and, night. And going forward, we're probably going to have a situation where before service, people can be in the sanctuary praying. Amen? So... All right, we're going to hold tight right there. As we're praying for folks up here, there has become aware, we've been made aware of a need in the body. And so what I'd like to do is, I'd like to take just a special offering. What we'll do is we'll have offering plates at the back as you leave. If you're making a check, you can make it to SCF. We'll get every dime to, to this, this, this situation to deal with. Um, normally when situations come up, we as a church, we just write a check, but this is something the Lord um, wanted me to share with you. Um, 
a few dollars, five, whatever you can give, that would be great. Just on your way out, if you leave, that would be a big, big help. Amen? So, all right. Let me pray.